Welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host <laughs> Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you this evening? You look a little bit fluey and you sound the same. Look, I'm not on top of the weather, <laughs> Nagy. I'll leave it at that. As I think it's safe to say, in fact, that I'm under it. Under so the I weather. So I shan't leave it at that. I'll expand. Yeah. Apologies, Joustas. I'm quite ill. Yeah. And I think it's a direct reflection of what just happened on Saturday. Yeah, look, it was... The, def- uh, the ailing that we all just went through. I feel like I'm feeling how we all feel. Yes, unwell yeah uh, and <laughs> lacking confidence possibly yeah yeah look it was a, a disappointing game obviously uh i was there i was uh you were supposed to come along with me but you uh you pulled out due to uh, the, the, the the what do they call that the um spanish the, flu the spanish influenza <laughs> yeah. yes ladies and gentlemen killed millions in the uh early 20th century and now it's uh, coming down to you it's coming it's, to me many thought that they was it was wiped out but thought that, it was gone not the case. No, I'm bringing it back. You know, the original hipster bringing back the uh, the Spanish influenza. You remember when Spanish influenza becomes cool again soon? Remember, yeah. remember who had it first? Remember where that started? Was it just the flu, Spanish flu, or was it just something? Well, obviously, it had to be something worse. Well, it was a, just a particularly virulent, virulent, mm. virulent strain of the flu, which virulent, funnily enough, is our word, word of the, the week. week. Thank you for everyone playing at home. That's yeah, a nice early virulent. one. Virulent, but um, no, I believe it was just. A particularly bad flu. A particularly bad and highly contagious flu. And uh, I don't believe people bathed at the time or something. I don't know. Especially the Spanish. Um, yeah. You know, they call it a different name in every country. Yeah. I think oh, the Spanish flu is just the one that stuck. I believe in Spain they call it the German flu. In Germany they call it the French flu. It's just... Isn't it interesting? Everyone's just worried about their neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> it's always them other people bringing the flu in. But Liam... Right here in a very uh, fair city of Newcastle, uh, we suffered a loss to the Bulldogs, 36-16. Disappointing. The um, footballing representation of Spanish influenza. <laughs> it was, I tell you what, being at the game, the energy there was uh, 18,000. It was pretty low, even when things were going well. Uh, and But obviously some big things happened during the game uh, to really bring everyone down. It was the quietest crowd I've ever been a part, been a part of. And um, obviously the first big hit was... Um, Excuse me, was uh, the loss of Kalen Ponga very early? Oh, what a hit it was. Just terrible, terrifying. My mental health is already fragile enough. I didn't need to see that. It was everyone's worst uh, nightmare. Nightmare's probably a bit of a stretch. Worst I'd dread. say nightmare's an understatement. Okay. Like, what's beyond nightmares? What's the level Night- after nightmares? Terrors. I it's think. everyone's worst night terror. Mm. I've had that night terror before. I'm glad I woke up, but this one I can't wake up from, Nagy. Yeah, we're stuck. Yeah, he went down, and, uh, and then the trainer went out and gave him a bit of a rub, and I think everyone thought, oh, it's just... A cramp um but then when he got back up uh you know and and i think he lost his um uh sort of confidence in his leg again and then just came off and uh from that first half and seeing that he didn't come back you, you know after you you go off for more than 10 minutes uh, in that fullback role you're not coming back on and uh so that was that was a lot you know a big hit big hit to everyone mm. uh and we didn't want to see it especially with that pierce now that forced the side to shift around a little bit um and luckily we got connor watson a, a reasonably experienced fullback uh, who came out and did a reasonably, reasonably, or you could say, an excellent job in the first half. I would say that he had an excellent first half. It was his 50th NRL game, so, you know, he's starting to build up numbers as a player, and I guess that's kind of a performance you'd expect from a 50-gamer in the first half. He was brilliant. He was very good. He kind of showed us all what he can do, what he's, what he's capable of, and, right. yeah, no, I thought he was a, a real standout in amongst 
The weeds. The, the non-standouts. The non-standouts. Yeah, and like, and he gets, by the way, he gets my hats off for this week. Gets uh, your hats off for this week. Good. Connor Watson, I think it was hard to go past him. Uh, two tries. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it was said that he would do well as a used car salesman for how many dummies he sells. <laughs> uh, but, oh, that's good. That's clever. Yeah, I think it was a Nathan Pickard. But, um, uh, nice, Nathan. Thank you very much. That's always good. There's, but, uh, he, yeah, he was good. And we've got some stats, actually, Nagy, if you would believe it, courtesy of our dear friend, the Hebrew Hammer. Yeah, Watson, he had uh, 19 runs for 162 metres. He had three line breaks, nine tackle busts, but most tellingly, Nagy, most tellingly for me, made zero errors. Now, he was team high in all those statistics. So, yeah, he showed that he has a lot to offer, and he's kind of had a bit of a rocky start to his Newcastle career with an injury early and some not-so-great games, but... He's starting to show what an excellent signing he could be yeah, he in the future. And he sort of did it all himself, you know, got got the ball in, in uh, spots where he still had plenty of work to do, people to beat, and he did them and scored the tries and kept us in the game of the first half. But the real big blow, um, I think we better address it before we, we jump into hats back on. Um, oh, I've got a hats off too. Oh, well, I thought it was Connor, no? No, my hats off was actually Mr. The Man So Nice, they named him Herman. Oh, Herman S. Herman has proved to be... Sorry, I know what you're going to talk about, and I hold it in very high gravity, yeah, yeah. but we'll get this out of the way first. Herman was great. He had um, 41 tackles, 150, 158 metres, and 17 something that I've forgotten to write down. But he was, again, showing he was kind of our only middle forward leading from the front. He yeah. um, scored a try. Oh, one T. He scored a try. It wasn't a 17, it was a T. <laughs> um, yeah, he's really showing what he can do leading from the front. And it's just a shame that the rest of the middle forwards didn't follow up on his great work, didn't build on the back of what he tried to establish. I think he really gave his all, which, uh, you know, was always going to be tough coming back from the Denver test, mm. especially with the uh, the delays and such that they had, which would have been... God, wouldn't that be annoying? It would have been frustrating. And though, he yeah. really did his best to get us into a good, strong footballing position. Yeah. In that first 40 minutes, you know, obviously the Bulldogs got off to the first try and then lost a ponger and, you know, a bit of a shift around. And, you know, pretty much even even stead, three tries apiece um, coming in, excuse me, coming into the, the, uh, the, the halftime break. But um, obviously right on halftime, coming off that Herman SASA try, uh, was the biggest loss of uh, of of the team? Um, thinking that Ponga was out, oh, what could get worse from here was uh, we lost Slade Griffin. Now um, I just want to bring up Dios mio. Yeah, yes, <laughs> poor bastard. But uh, they, it's just yeah, look, it really is. And you know, we, we joke around a lot, but I got to say uh, there was lots of um, you know, if anyone seen that? We got actually got some footage of that. I'm not sure. Ellie, can we bring up the footage of Slade? Um, the it was it was such a hard. Uh, hit, uh, sorry, hard injury to take, like because he completely blew his knee out. Everything, uh, it's all gone. It, it looked, it looked real bad uh, at the time. It, you didn't notice anything, and then he was left on the ground. And from where I was sitting, which was down that end, you could just see him breathing really quickly. And uh, even when uh, he got on the medicab, and he was just obviously in a lot of pain. And I think a lot of people thought he was given the thumbs up on his way out, but really he was just holding the medicab. <laughs> So he sort oh. of did the two, but like jokes aside, this um, you know a lot of people were saying about how you know the Knights. Oh look, we, you know what a terrible loss, and you know it was such a. But everything, Slade Griffin has been playing so well. This is his breakthrough season uh, at a ripe old age of twenty-seven, eight-ish, something like that. Um, and so he's waited for this. He's actually playing good form. He's just represented his country, uh, and the moment after that, 
he he's done another not just another knee injury we see ACL people but to completely blow his knee out he's looking at nine to twelve months in rehabilitation um, we might not see him back at all um, it's going to be a, a hard ask for for him just to have multiple surgeries uh, obviously going to have no strength no trust in that leg uh, a guy that's you know approaching thirty I think we all got to take a a moment just to really think about how much people put on that football field and what they go out there and what they risk uh, because I think it's just glossed over in the loss uh, of like oh you know look thumbs up I hope you get better but really it's it's a bloke that this is he's trained for his whole career he's at the pinnacle of it at the moment he's, he's at the highest point uh, possibly that, that he can reach representing his country he comes back uh, in a side that's under strength and really wants to do well and to have his knee and his livelihood and his ability just to get around completely taken away from him in, in a freak sort of a tackle like it wasn't uh, it was a tackle from behind it was just one of those things it but I think everyone's being very critical of of the Knights performance and not really focusing on we've just lost not only a player for the rest of the season but uh, and everyone's saying oh well he had a knee, knee condition going into the side but it's like this player uh, has just taken had anything ripped from him, and will do for the next twelve months. And that's it. If you read interviews with Slade Griffin, and from all accounts from people I've spoken to, he's just, you know, one of the most wonderful human beings there is going around. And but more importantly, he loves footy more than anything. When Michael Maguire called him and asked if he'd play in Denver, he said, "Mate, I'll play in Antarctica. Yeah, if that's where I got to go to play footy. This is his livelihood. This is his dream. It's something he's worked insanely hard for. Yeah. And like you said, to have that all kind of ripped away from an incident that kind of looked fairly innocuous at the time. That's got to be absolutely gut-wrenching for the guy. He's going to be going through a pretty rough, you know, year, nine months. And I think with what Brownie's put together at the club, he'll have some good support around him, but he, he needs that support right now. I mean, this is something that is a dream for him and it's slowly being taken away by these knee injuries that he's come back from I think two or three so clearly he's working his ass off to get through these injuries and yet it keeps coming back and that's got to really play on him mentally and yeah he's going to need a hell of a lot of support and I just hope that Knights fans get around him get around Slade let's If you got hell, him on- I'll give him my knee if he wants it. I'm not using it. <laughs> Can we? Do I don't the- do anything with it. A knee transplant has Maybe- it been done before? Oh, I'm not sure. But I'm not a doctor, Nagy. I don't uh, know. None of neither of us are doctors, and we can't stress that enough. We really <laughs> must. <laughs> Tell you we're not doctors, doctors, but he can have my he can have both if, if he, they need two knees into one. <laughs> maybe one at the front and one at the back, so it can bend both ways, and then you'll just have two rigid legs. Yeah, it's fine by me. <laughs> I'll, I'll pretty much get around the same way I do now. Perfect, yeah. awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it, I really feel bad for Slade. Like, uh, and I think if if anything, having Pong around for a few weeks, and everyone's like, oh, this sucks. But losing Slade. Uh, for God knows how long, whether he comes back, uh, you know, next year, manages to find his way back in the side, but that's an injury that you, that traumatic that you carry with you for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, obviously he's a professional, he knows what he risks when he goes out there, but I don't think it's always in real terms. You get these players that play hundreds of games and sort of come out and they've got a bit of a dicky knee and on the cold days it gets, but this is something that, you know, I really feel for him. And uh, yeah, if, if you, if you can tweet him, like if you're watching Slade, we, we uh, you know, we're hundred percent behind you and we, we wish you all the best in your recovery. And if you want a beer, mate, just give us a call. Yeah. We'll be in the garage right here, mate. You know where to find us. So. We, we sleep under the table, so it's all right. Uh, we're usually here. but uh, It's a drafty table. <laughs> it certainly is. It's not very insulated. But Liam, we'll move on slightly from Slade uh, to hats back on for this week. Did you have a hats back on? Oh, look, I did. There was a few, but it's a double hat. I'm taking the hat 
back on to mm. the left side edge defence yeah. of the Knights. Corey Dennis and Ken Seo, who I thought have been pretty solid the last few weeks. They've you know, showed glimpses of errors in the game, but they've just looked out of completely out of whack. They looked yeah. like they were each on their own individual islands, you know, one going in, one going out. We got beaten around the outside so many times down that left hand side. I just I'm not sure what happened, if it was an error in communications, if there was no confidence there, if there was too much confidence and they thought the Bulldogs are up the shit, we've got them. Yeah. I don't know, but that left edge defense of Dennis and Co just seemed, what's the saying? They, they seemed all out at sea. Yeah, yeah. They all se- all out at CO. All out at... Ah. ah sorry, so Kenneth. Did, that's all right. Yes, Kenneth Albert Co. He did, like, you know, he did all he could, but you have to... Hmm. But, you know, they continued to come down that, that side. And then when we were in attack, after they did all the defense... Uh, we kept sending it that way. It, I believe it was because it was Cogger's favourable side. Uh, and that's the side where he was defending. I think it was his favourable side of his pass. And he had Connor Watson just keep trying, but we couldn't break that defence. And meanwhile, we had Sione and SKD, who had very quiet games, but they didn't see any of the ball in attacking positions. Reading the stats, Liam, we, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, defensively it was terrible. We didn't miss that many tackles. We didn't miss that many tackles, and not many more than they missed. It was, but which... Six errors, I think, we only made through yeah, the whole game. Which I think sums up the game, though. We didn't miss that many tackles because we weren't in position to make those tackles. Yeah. The defensive structure just kind of went out the window, and you can't miss a tackle if you're not in the right spot to make it anyway. Yeah, 88% completion rate, too. It seems 83. like... 83. It was 94 in the first half, though, which kind of points to the second half, how how much it dragged down the first half performance. It was... We, oh. we, we seemed to get up there enough, get in the 20, uh, have a set. We didn't build any pressure, and then... Uh, for want of a better phrase, absolutely shit the bed when it comes to the fifth with tackle options. And we just kept going down that tired side that done all this defending and, uh, you know, swinging it right. And uh, Connor Watson would fold in and try to do, but once you've, you know, you scored two tries down that side uh, coming the, way, the other way, you know, obviously the defense are alert to it. And uh, I don't know how many times we dived with the ball within inside our own 10. I can tell you exactly how many because I was counting and I was paying attention. Yeah. Inside their defensive 20, yep. we took three times in a row where we were tackled on the last, ball in hand. The fourth time after that, Mitchell Barnett puts in the kick. Mm. The fifth time after that, Chris Hyington puts in a kick. Now, not to say anything about Barnett and Hyington because the kicks were semi-effective, but that's not who you want kicking on the last. The no. ball should not be going to them on the last. It should be, your, you know, Bureau who'd shifted into 5'8", Cogger. They just didn't take any ownership, and it really showed because we'd get up their end, we get in the 20, last tackle option was terrible, no threat whatsoever. It it was really just di- directionless. It was, there was leaderless. Sean Rudderless. Yes, uh-huh. we were without Sean Rudder. <laughs> without, oh, he would have put in a hell of a performance <laughs> last night. Yeah, no, it, we definitely... Saturday uh, night. What year is it? <laughs> it was uh, It was definitely a hard game to watch and uh, and cop. Uh, really, also, just on the crowd again, without being too critical, but a lot of people left. Oh, don't leave oh, early. Don't leave early. Stick around. I was so annoyed that in the last five minutes that a Bulldogs chant went up and it was louder than oh. any Newcastle chant that was around the ground. Yeah, I heard that over Fox League. It was embarrassing. And it was just the Bulldog. Because that's all Bulldogs supporters can, can grasp. <laughs> it's a very simple three and three. Um, but it's it's... It was really sad to watch that I was in, a, in the night stadium. Obviously, losses hurt, but to see the Bulldogs supporters crowd around the edge, it felt like we were in the middle of Belmore. Um, that's where they play, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. they <coughs> play certain games at Belmore. Anyway, it was just shocking to watch. Look, and, uh, the, it was like... And, but the Cavalry, like, you know, I, I won't dwell on the game too much. you got something more I the do. Game? It yeah. was just... Uh, that first half, the attack was so good. It was 
lateral attack, but mm. with changes of the point of attack. You had Barnett straightening, mostly Watson straightening for those few tries. Yeah. But then Watson goes to fullback in the second half. Yeah. It was the lateral attack, but there was no shift in the change of angle. There was no changing the point of attack. And it just made the Bulldogs' defence the easiest job in the world. They're just, well, we'll just hang, usher them towards the sideline, and then someone will do something annoying and we'll just put them on the ground. Cog- it was- Cogo seemed to hit the lead runner every time going down that side and uh, didn't ask too many questions. Uh, That's it. There was no questions, Naggy. I've got to say, because Corey Dennis, uh, you know, Dennis Pannis himself, uh, was my hat's back on uh, because he just seemed to make poor decisions in defence and didn't offer much in attack, but I think it's because he was doing so much defending. However, it was interesting listening to the crowd on the walkout because obviously everyone analyzes the game on the walkout as do I. But um, <laughs> but it was interesting to see how many people ask when's Ross back, and it's you know the grass is always greener on someone else's front lawn. Now, what do you recall, Nagy? What they were asking when Ross was playing? Well, I've I, I when's he getting dropped? I seem to recall being asked weekly. He's, he's got to get dropped. He's got to go. Uh, it was like uh, Corey Dennis is going to keep Ross out of this side now. Uh, everyone's like, I like Dennis. Dennis looks good. Uh, but Dennis didn't look good that game. Uh, and, you know, down that fringe of having Cogger on the inside and Dennis, you've only got a handful of first grade experience between them. Uh, same too. Cog- everyone's putting Cogger out. Can everyone just remember, uh, you know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, when it was such a shame that Cogger's been signed by the dogs? And it was like, oh, why didn't we fight to keep him? And it was like, oh, now it's like, oh, now it's like, oh where's Brock Lamb you can't just bank on a player and they don't perform and then just thro- throw the towel in and go no I want the other guy back you throw them out like yesterday's jam just just know that the, if you're backing a decision and a player comes in and he doesn't play well you go well that was my first choice um, you know it's very easy for us to, to sit here in a garage and point the finger and say oh well, that, that change should have been made and, and this in hindsight hindsight's and, a and not thing. only that it's easy to make that call and make that decision without offering a solution so I mean you can call for XYZ player to be dropped all you like but yeah. what's the point of saying we should drop this player if there's no one to, to fill in the space like yeah. we, we should drop the halves whatever well how are ISP side doing they're running dead last and they're not playing that well yeah. how are our 20s doing pretty good but they're only 19 so do we throw another 19 year old it's like too many fans are too happy to offer a, a critique offer a you know let's change everything but without saying how we can change it so we just need a bit more thinking we need to use our noggins noggins not our and not our up here for thinking down there for dancing yeah right, exactly this, uh, don't be thinking with your dancing feet yeah especially when the music stops mm. I think we've gone too figuratively I don't know <laughs> sure what we mean anymore I've but, lost that metaphor <laughs> but Liam it's uh, look in the end we went into that side uh, yeah, even though we're playing the dogs and the dogs are you know at the arse end of the NRL um, they what and we, going down and going down but you know we've just gone down to them um, with massive massive points put on us from a team that can't score points which was disappointing uh, obviously players that were returning in the next few weeks Daniel Safiti, Mitchell Pierce, uh, Lockie Fitz um, there's probably a few others that I'm, that I'm letting go but oh the injury list is the, the length of my own self so it's easy <laughs> to forget Nick. it's yeah. easy to forget whom is coming back when but it's it's gonna obviously we, we're coming back to an improving side Mitchell Pierce against Parramatta again another team they play well against the Dragons uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see uh, whether we can turn this all around Nathan Ross is another player as well coming back and you think with the, the performance of Corey Dennis that he will come back and, and, and play well but in the end they're, 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 that was their best 17 that we put out there uh, and for, for we 
lost our two best players, two most consistent performers, uh, probably outside of Aiden Guerra, who's just always a, a solid workhorse. And Herman. And Herman, as they say. But it, in the end, it's it, we lost our best attacking player and our best defensive player in the first half. And our general, our directing general. That's what Slade's been particularly good at this year, is getting getting the role on, getting the team moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Lenny, Danny Levi, Lenny Devi, can do that. <laughs> Lenny Devi. He didn't seem to show it in that game, but he did show some promises. I think he got he got everything moving. We got in good positions enough, uh, but uh, I, I just think, yeah, look, we got we got out everything in that second half, um, out enthused. And it was the well. worst part is, you remember we were discussing uh, with Barry, good friend of the show, Barry Tui, yep. the other week about uh, the Titans' loss. It, it it hurts so much more losing a game we know we should have won. These are the games we know we should win. These are the games coming off spoons, showing signs of improvement. These are the games you need to win. Teams that are down, teams that are out, you need to put the sword to them and stamp yourself as, we're not premiership contenders, yep. but we're not bad. Hmm. Whereas all I got from that game was, we're not premiership contenders and we might not even be contenders for spoon at the moment <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's definitely looking that way and like what I, what i would stress to to all night supporters out there is that we're coming into the last third of the season where you know we're doing this in thirds uh and we, we if you remember we look back on the first third and we were so positive and we said this next third is going to be hard without pierce um and boy weren't we correct <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely been tough it's been uh obvious i think only with the two wins one against manly one against Parramatta, mm. uh hoping for four wins to keep us in that final Finals uh, talk, but look, the way we played, there's no point of us making the eight because we were not, we're not going to go any further. I know it means something to make the finals, but but in the end, there's uh, there's still a lot of games to be played, a lot of players to come back, and just take the hard road and and actually think, you know, that was really disappointing, but we got to. We, it's so easy just to write them off again. It's so easy just to fall in that this is terrible and we're, we're done. But, you know, I think there's light coming at the end of the tunnel and I really think we should be supportive during this time because that's when it's hardest to be supportive. I know everyone's got scars and I know, you know, spoons hurt. And But, you know, we had a devastating game injury-wise um, on Saturday and uh, it's, it's hard to, to keep the faith. But I think we should do it. And you're exactly right. I mean, we, we might not make the eight. That might be the end of our top eight aspirations this year. But you remember, at this point last year, we were about a dollar one to win the wooden spoon. If we finish anywhere between ninth, 13th, say, yeah. that's still an improvement. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you look at it. Mm. Not coming last is an improvement. And that's what Nathan Brown's whole rebuild has been about. Improving the club slowly but surely. Mm. And if we don't finish last, that's an improvement. We've got to look at that and say, all right, we're on the way. And, you know, people will say, oh, but you should be making the eight immediately, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't. It's a gradual process. Yeah. If we can finish between ninth and 13th this year, I think we can chalk this up as a success on the way to further successes. I a small so. step. I hope so too. Look, we'll uh, we'll leave it there because it's been very, very uh, <laughs> not critical, but it's gut just, wrenching. It's been gut wrenching and it's hurting us all, including this year. So we'll lots we'll, of soul searching. <laughs> we'll take a halftime break and we'll be right back for something a little bit more positive, including some origin talk. Hey, <laughs> we'll be right back. <clears throat> Welcome back to the second half of the Joust. Now, Liam, it's cold outside. It's, it's not an ideal weather. It's raining. It's mm. miserable. You're unwell. Mm-hmm. In no place to be than you know, outside that you know you just you don't feel any good. However, a place that you do feel warm and uh, included and welcome, and a place to go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Well, they know my name because I'm there so frequently. <laughs> it might be a reflection on 
on how much I'm there. But uh, it's the Commonwealth Hotel, and it's such a beautiful place to go. Don't uh, forget, we're recording this on Monday. Be there for Moorish Mondays every Wednesday. Three courses of Chef's Surprise. Yeah, it's been fantastic the last few as well that we've been there for. It's just, you know, you get something different each time you go there. It's a new experience. Uh, and it's simply wonderful. I look forward to it greatly. Mm. Uh, probably heading there tonight as well. And obviously to put our tips on. Um, Which we haven't done in a few weeks. They've been our best <laughs> tipping rounds as well. Yes, because we're the two <laughs> worst tippers in the country. Uh, but you know, With daylight to second. But besides that, Liam, I think it's time for... Uh, oh, it's time for the news. Time for the news. Yes, Liam, a big week of news, uh, including injury signings, uh, origin, all the rest. You want to walk us through the... Enormous week of news, Nagy. Truly an unparalleled week of news. Most of it bad. <laughs> Obviously, as we covered earlier, mm. our um, dear friend of the show, Slade Griffin, with the multiple uh, knee ligament ruptures, he'll be out for 9 to 12 months. Again, Ooh. get behind Slade. Let's really help this fella. Hashtag get behind Slade. It might be too long. Backslide, no. Backslide. We'll work on Slade. Look, we'll work, we'll work on, on something. something and we'll get it out there. But yeah, it's time for Knights <laughs> fans to get around Slade and show that we really want him in the red and blue, really want him at the club. Um, the Pong, hashtag Pong Strong, has been uh, to, bo- <laughs> to borrow a uh, term from Liam Bones Jones, thank you, Jonesy, has been Pong Strong. It's a uh, grade one plus hamstring tear. So he'll be out for three to four weeks, including origin. Mm. So he won't be uh, lining up in the maroon again. So not great injury news. Bad news for us, worse for Queenslanders. Yeah, well, forget them. Who cares? <laughs> signing news this week, Nagy. Now, yep. a few signings have been made. First one I'd like to talk about, Nagy, is the signing of Edric Lee from the Cronulla Sharks. Now, yep. Edric Lee, he's an interesting one. He's very Kenny Dowell-esque. A bit rocks and diamonds. A bit, you never know what you're getting from him. But his season this year at the Sharks has been really good. He's playing some great football and he worked his way back into the side. Oh, he got signed with the Sharks and wasn't immediately put on their starting uh, the wing. But they're, they're obviously a side that's uh, you know, tiptoeing around the top four. Uh, and he's a big part of that. He, he, it was a bit of a surprise signing. Uh, n- nothing on, on my radar, nothing on, I think, and many other. Uh, I did not see it coming. Yeah, yeah. My radar's usually off, though. No, <laughs> that's it. We're not the best, um, you know, the best example of astute NRL minds. No, so. no. But it was a surprise <laughs> to see him sign. And I think, uh, you know, everyone wanting, uh, uh, like, you know, an experience outside back, and that's exactly what he is. He's, uh, you know, he's a, what you could say a prolific try scorer. Well, look, look, I tell you yeah. what. He, yeah, we'll go with that. I was I was pleasantly surprised to see him because I think he can offer a lot to that back line. Everyone was talking about back line depth with him and I think he adds a lot to that and he will definitely be pushing for a first grade spot. Uh, definitely, it's three years as well. So he's not coming here to, to play reserve grade. Um, he's just one of those big wingers. He got the, uh, yeah, off a bit of a forward pass, but he, he got the Sharks to win on the weekend. Uh, and hopefully he can do that for the Knights next year. Yeah. With also Jesse Ramian as well and uh, a new player. As Another well. new signing as well for the week before the June 30 deadline. So he'll be joining the Knights effective immediately is Jacob Jr. Felice. Mm. JJ Felice from the uh, West Tigers. Bloke's a young prop. Uh, he's from Kebra Park, so very, very good rugby league pedigree coming yeah. through Kebra Park there. Played a bit of uh, Queensland schoolboys, so promising young talent. And yeah, the kind of guy, again, like we've discussed our middle forward woes, I think he can really offer a lot. And he's got a good, a good, 
career ahead of him, I think, young JJ. So, very good signing. Exciting. It's all sort of coming together with the signings, especially with uh, Ramian as well, uh, and a few more signings to come. Timothy Glass. Timothy Glasby, of course. So, we've got a bit of front rowers and some outside backs. And it's just, yeah, I think it's, we're, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, you, you look at sides that are doing a very quick rebuild, like uh, like the Tigers, for example. We did a very quick rebuild this year. Uh, shot off, and then they, they've definitely sort of uh, faltered away. Uh, but uh, look at someone like Canberra, who did a very quick rebuild and, and had a first season of of success and then uh then now the two that they seem to be struggling as well so hopefully uh this it's really going to pay off with our slower rebuild um and because when it when has a quick rebuild ever worked yeah it's like if you're going to rebuild your you know your house you, you want to take time with it and look at the plans often rather than just uh and just throwing a bunch of bricks in a paddock. Yeah, and that's not how houses are built. Yeah, I think I'm the, no builder though. I can't confirm that. The three little pigs. I, I hopefully we're the ones with bricks. Yeah, and uh, what's the, those other two dickheads thinking? Yeah, straw. straw? You're kidding in this wind <laughs> with uh, with a well-known <laughs> house blower downer living <laughs> yeah. around the corner. Come on, wolves always been big with uh, their like the, with their sort of air. No, that um, that little fable of the three pigs is the only time I've heard about a wolf blowing things away or blowing things down yeah 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 so it's not i I don't think it's something they're particularly known for but uh Um, besides outside that maybe they once were maybe it was something that could have just been lost to time you know one of those old things people used to talk about that no one talks about like oh those wolves lungs on them i tell you (laughs) what a set of pipes yeah (laughs) but liam we've uh so we've got some injuries uh, obviously some new signings but uh look we're we're in a rare position uh coming into origin and a few different changes to the origin side obviously uh matt Pryor coming out of the uh the the blues um dropping out uh you know didn't have them he came in at 31. Uh, I think he only made three hit-ups and, and didn't do a great deal. But did what he needed to do. Now, yeah. that was a period of the game where a lot of the hard work was being done by the outside backs. There wasn't much room for forwards to make those metres. The forwards were all about defensive pressure and defensive intensity. So mm. we kind of look at the numbers of prior and think, oh, they're an outlier. But when you look across both forward packs, I think the average run metres was about 53. And I believe Boyd Gordon was the only one to cross 100. Yeah. It wasn't a very forwards rolling up the field getting big meters type game it was more the forwards are there to lock it up the outside backs are doing a lot of the work but the forwards are really there to hold that defensive line and lock it up and i think matt pride did that well he did all he needed to do and you know i think he did well however we do have um paul vaughan has been promoted to starting prop yeah um Tarek Sims, I think, has come under the Tarek Sims coming up for the first time. And uh, Boyd Cordner under an injury cloud. cloud. So Ryan James been named 18th man. And for me, I, I hope he makes his debut. It's been a long time coming, the Ryan James origin debut. Probably should have happened in 2016. Yeah. He's well and truly deserved it that season. But you know what Laurie was like. Yeah, Laurie. That's um, why we sacked him. That's right. <laughs> we, uh, we got together and we decided, look, Laurie, you've had your go. Yeah. Uh, thanks to 2014, but uh, that's now four years ago. Yeah, so uh, I think Ryan James brings in a lot. I think Tarek Sims has a huge amount to offer. And Paul Vaughan's form speaks for itself. I think all those inclusions are going to be huge inclusions for New South Wales. But let's not forget, Naggy, the mm. pain and anguish we've been through all these years. So when we, you know, say we whitewash it, that'd be great. Yeah. But let's not be dicks about it. Yeah, let's remember Knights fans are how we, you know, we've had three spoons, uh, but we've also had three Origin Series losses. And now we've got an Origin origin Series victory. Isn't it wonderful? It's fantastic. You're going to make me cry again, Maggie. I know, yeah, Liam was blubbering like a fool. Uh, Oh, it was gorgeous. Big thanks to also the the Knights Old Boys for for allowing us to host the uh, Marquis Foundation uh, Old Boys event at Central Bar uh, for Origin 2. There wasn't probably a, a greater 
place to be watching Origin. Uh, if you weren't at the game, then uh, all surrounded by some true Knights, uh, Knights greats. Uh, some and Blues greats. Knights and Blues, and blues, blues greats. greats. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, was, it was incredible. It was a fantastic night to be a part of. And thank you all for coming that were there. Now, I know I said we shouldn't dish on Queenslanders, but... This is going to feel good to talk about the classic Queensland pick and stick, Naggy. Yep. The pick and the stick. Now, they've named Daly Cherry Evans mm. to start at halfback with Ben Hunt. Demoted, I suppose you'd say, to the bench to fill Caelan Ponga's empty number 14 jersey. Uh, Greg Inglis out with a broken finger. And Corey Oates has been brought into the wing with Dane Gagai moving to the centre. So, look at them all, Naggy, yeah. fleeing like rats from a, a sinking, sinking ship. ship. Oh, it's, uh, it's but good. be nice in victory. Be humble, <laughs> humble, yeah, humble. Like they weren't for so many years. But what does that mean for the game, Nagy? I feel like for me, the shackles have been thrown off. You know, Brad Fittler picked an attacking team. Mm. He picked a side that can score points. In the first two games, they were forced to you know defend their way to wins while scoring points. I think the shackles are off now, and Brad's just going to say, "Boys, just just have fun. Just go Let for it." The boys play we're gonna let the boys play just and like, show us what you can do yeah it was uh it's gonna be yeah obviously i was really impressed with latrell mitchell and during that origin game won't dwell too much on origin because we've got game three coming up but um but you know latrell mitchell scoring that try close to the line just bursting his way over i was like that's what queensland's done to us so many times and we just did it to them that's wonderful i think latrell mitchell in game one and two he's retired will chambers that's the end that i, I know they've picked him for game three but I think if they had anyone else, Will Chambers would be gone. Latrell absolutely got the points decision against, you know, one guy who's always been known for niggling and giving stick. All Latrell did was, you know, he had a laugh, he had a smile and said, oh, I'm coming at you again. Came at be, him again, scored over the top of him. It's going to be exciting to watch that game three uh, coming over uh, and and hopefully getting the whitewash and raising the shield in Queensland. Oh, won't that feel wonderful? Salt in the wound like you're doing a pork roast. <laughs> <laughs> you score it and then you rub salt in it. And you might do a roast for dinner Yeah, tomorrow. it should be nice. Yeah. And also, it's similar because uh, Queenslanders remind me also of a dead pig. Uh, so, <laughs> it's just what it brings back to me. So, but Liam... Uh, an old saying, flogging a dead pig. Flogging a dead pig and yeah. scoring it and rubbing salt into that wound. I think it's time to open your sack, Liam. Just such a big zipper. It's a large, long, and oddly shaped zipper. <laughs> Again, Jousters, excellent sack questions. Thank you very much for getting them into us. First ones first. Brett Cruikshank, hashtag, with hashtag Pong Strong out. Do we give Nick Meany some game time at fullback, even though he is leaving the club? It's an interesting uh, predicament we find ourselves in without a starting fullback. Uh, we've got Connor Watson, who had a good game at fullback for us. Uh, we also have Nathan Ross, who has had good games uh, at fullback for us as well, coming back into the side. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, Coach Brown does. Uh, the side will also be out by the time that uh, that we, you know, by the time you're watching this. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see which you know which changes he makes. Uh, what do you think they're going to do, Liam? I think for the sake of you know going through some injuries, keeping the team together as much as possible, I feel like we're going to see Connor Watson at six, Mitchell Pearce at seven. And Nick Meany at fullback. The team won't be out Nagy because we've got the bye this weekend. Of course we've got the bye we've this weekend. We've got the bye this weekend. But what I think you'll see, yeah. in order to maintain at least some stability through the spine, you'll see Pierce, Watson, Harves, and Meany to fullback. Um, but I think that that can be tweaked and worked with once Caelan Pongi gets back. But yeah, I think that's what you're going to see for now. So yes, I think Nick Meany will get some game time. Nathan Brown, is he's a very developmental coach. Mm. So I think... He's not the kind of coach who would say, well, you're leaving the club buggy, you're stuck in reserve grade, as a certain North Queensland coach did 
to our very dear favourite, Kalen Ponga. Kalen Ponga. The, um... <laughs> that's how many hoots he gets. That was the wrong sound. <laughs> You're the wrong one. But at the same time, you also have to look at Paul Green having a premiership roster. Why would you change that? Mm. To bring in a once-in-a-generational talent. Eh, it's a weird one. But yeah, I think Nick Meany will see some game time over the next few weeks. You heard it here first. I forgot to mention before also to a uh, you know, very important rating system from uh, Coach Brown that the uh, the two injuries to uh, the you know the career-changing injuries, Slade Griffin and uh, Caelan Ponga goes right to the very top and gets three and a half frowning brownies. Three and a half frowning brownies. That's the worst we've given so far. That's definitely... That's, it's you know, definitely the worst we've given so far. In that far. rating system, it's very high. It's very high. Now, that kind of turns to our next question from uh, avid jouster Daniel Turner. Thank you for the question, Daniel. Who plays fullback for the last four weeks of the season? So looking forward a bit, once some of our injuries have, I guess, righted themselves, have healed themselves, have rehabilitated... Who plays fullback for that end of the season? Well, it brings into that uh, point that Tony Butterfield came out with a with an article through the week that said you must put Ponga in in the mix with Pierce. Ponga Pierce could that be the uh, you know the the, the real BP. the the real defining thing? You've got also uh, now with the hooker position opening up with Danny Levi. Do you put Bure there or do you put Connor Watson there? Do you keep do you know do you put someone else at the back? I think uh, in the end what. The, the real proven performer, obviously, with Ponga there, but, you know, the real game manager is Pierce. And you put whoever you think is going to complement Pierce. So, does having Ponga at six uh, conflict with Pierce uh, as far as uh, who gets the ball? Or do you, uh, do you keep Ponga at fullback because uh, it's worked well with Pierce? Pierce is the, 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 is the key, in, in my opinion. So, it's, uh, you, whichever's working best with Pierce... That's who you put at fullback. Uh, if Ponga, you're getting the best out of Ponga at fullback, keep him there. I, you know, I don't see Ponga wants to play fullback. Let him play where he wants to play. He's, you know, arguably the the, the best player to put on a nice jersey since a one A Johns. Oh, the one and only. And uh, that, that's saying something because, <laughs> but yeah, it, with, you can't have a, a sensational player like uh, like Ponga uh, without a real game manager like Pierce complimenting him. Uh, so. Um, yeah, let, let him play wherever he wants to play. Uh, and if he wants to get up get up the front, don't, you know. And it's also that tackling thing. I know he made 30 tackles in Origin, but I don't want to see Ponga making 30 tackles every game. That's a very good point, Nick. It does tie into our next question as well from uh, Liam Bones-Jones, who's used the hashtag PongStrung. Strung. PongStrung, yep. a departure from PongStrong. PongStrong has been PongStrung. And he says, yeah, now with... um. Once he's gone and Slade called it a night, we were fucked. But do you see Ponga and Pierce of the Halves moving forward, which you've already touched on? I, need, I do. Up yeah. until Origin 1, I would have said no. I would have said he needs more time to develop. But then, the no, Origin, the not the one, the, the second one. The second one. Yeah, the, way, the manner in which he played that game makes me think that he could have a very long-term Lockyer-esque transition to 5-8, which... Mm. I, I seem to recall at the time, Lockyer, I don't think, wanted to play 5'8". He was the best fullback in the world. He definitely didn't want a goal kick. Yeah. But I don't know if he wanted to move into 5'8", but he did. Made a fist of it and then became arguably the best 5'8 in the world. Yeah. And so, for me, put moving Ponga into six and putting Watson back to fullback yeah. plays to both of their strengths, I think. Connor um, gets more time to run. He can you know, do a bit more damage on kick returns, whereas Ponga's... Or, he, Probably his best ability is playing at the line, you know, turning players inside out, busting tackles. If you can get him up in that, uh, you know, front attacking line as much as possible, I think that would strengthen both positions. Because when you do a switch like that, you don't want to compromise by weakening one position to strengthen the other. It's not a situation where I really see 
either position being weakened quite so much. Yeah. But I can see where the fullback position will maybe not have a huge increase in the swap, but the 5'8 position could. Yeah. So I feel like the net gain, if we're speaking in mathematical terms, Please, the I... net gain of having Ponger at 5'8 and oh, yeah. uh, Watson at fullback in the long term could pay massive dividends. But I think, what I, do I know? I think it would be just a goose in a hat in the garage. Yeah, it's uh, cold. <laughs> it is chilly. Um, but I think yeah, if you're going to be putting uh, anyone... I don't see Nick Meany making the first grade debut at fullback in a side that's struggling and turning it around. I don't see it happening. Which, that's another thing. That's a lot of pressure to put on him. You know, a side that's hit a rough patch of form, arguably at our lowest ebb, getting beaten by the Bulldogs. Do you say to this guy, hey, you're in now. Yeah. You fix the problems. Fix the problems. Uh, I think if anything, it's going to be Connor Watson at fullback. Uh, you know, if you, if you do move him up, you have Connor back there because he's, at least in that game, and some stuff for the Roosters, he look, he's looked comfortable there. Uh, and 50 games of first grade uh, rather than none. Mm. So, um, Does Nick Meany played none? Definitely none? I'm pretty sure he's played none. Oh. He might have, if he's played more than one, it's, a, it's only two. That's yeah, a, which is still pretty close to none. As the old saying goes. Yeah. Now, last question for the night, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Johnny Chino Boatswain. Thank you, Johnny, for chiming in. This one goes kind of up the ladder a bit. Is there something that Newcastle aren't doing right with their conditioning training? Or are we just jinx? We've seen a host of high-profile players go down with some, you know, in a lot of cases, fairly innocuous-looking injuries that mm. have proven to be semi-long-term to long-term. What the hell's going on? I think it's a, it's a really interesting... Obviously, Tony Abe, the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, um, is is an adamant professional and I have full trust in, in his ability not to be, um, you know, setting up his players for, you know, doing something differently that they think, oh, well, this is, you know, causing them injury. I think, unfortunately, injuries tend to come in waves uh, and, you know, you, you stretch the fabric of, uh, of, of, of the team when you, when you start replacing players in key positions. Um, what's happened to Mitchell Pearce uh, and, and obviously Slade now and... Um, uh, what's the centers? Tau Tau. 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 Big Tau. Big Tau Moga. Is, look, it's not uncommon, unfortunately, uh, to see uh, in in the scheme of things, these players go down with knees. We say at the beginning of the season, it doesn't feel like anyone's ever going to get injured at the beginning of the season. And it hurts every time. But you look at like a team like Penrith, for example, who's probably uh, early in the season matched us for, for that kind of key injury uh, you know, with uh, the likes of um, uh, what's that player on the wing? I, I should know all these players. Josh Mansour. Josh Mansour bra- fracturing his cheekbone. We had the Cleary injuries. Cleary. I think their yeah their injury list would rival ours for you know players having out. A, having a player retire through a knee injury in in, in Wallace. Um, it's having a player retire through a ruptured bowel in Tim Brown. Yeah, it's they've had a shocking run as well. But at the other end of the sword unfortunately I guess. Uh, when they're you're up near the top when you're looking at when you're a Knights fan you're just watching our team and you're watching all these players drop off it re- seems really unfortunate uh, but I, I think it's just uh, the luck of the draw I think it, and you look at Manly as well they're going through a similar thing I remember one game they had three guys do ACLs they've had a few shoulders they've had you know it, it's not just the Knights going through it no I think it's if anything you could say it's it's such a high rate of conditioning players that you have the best, fittest, strongest athletes out there making the the most um, aggressive decisions with their body, uh, whether it is co- you know, committing or at the moment they relax um, at, at, at key times. Um, you know, like stuff. Like, if you look at the hits that have been put on kickers, uh, and and you think that's like, oh, you know, the last pass and they get hit in the back, or they put a kick up and they're they're, they're just their legs just looking to find the, the the dirt, and then you know they have a player sort of 
cannonball into their hips. And it's like, you think, well, it's only a matter of time before all these players uh, just, just, you know... Fall apart. Fall apart. And mm. a lot of these players also, you got to remember, are coming back... Oh, they've they come into the system now because it's such a high, uh, high-rated sort of athletic standard that they're coming in at 19, 20 with knee recos, with shoulder recos. These are already their bad... Uh, joints that uh, and to for anyone to string um, game after game after game together, um, you look at someone like Anthony Minicello who played 120 games in a row and then you know then had terrible back injuries. It's just it's it's a game that you shouldn't be playing hundreds of times. Uh, it's it really shouldn't. It should just be like you know we have 10 games a season and we all shake hands and then we don't play. And then you retire. You don't play more than one season. No, we and then we all shake hands and we uh, go to the pub. That's and a very that, astute observation. Now you know I agree. Like. You know, it, when you get a run of injuries like that, it would be easy to question the, the conditioning staff and the way they condition the players. But like you said, Tony Ayub's one of the best. Mm. He's one of the best who's ever done this. He's been at, you know, every club. He's been around. He, he knows what he's doing. And I think, again, like you said, it's a contact sport. It's a collision sport. It's a very fast sport. These things are going to happen. It just seems to be unfortunate that it comes in waves and we feel like we're jinxed. Especially with, like if he was say if he came out and said oh we're trying something different actually all the boys are doing yoga now and doing no weights and you'd be like mm, this sounds like something different um, different to other teams but you can he's got a professional obligation as well to make sure that he has he kept all the players fit and also he knows as a, as an older guy that these players are uh, you know a, a mere boys uh, running out there a lot Just of tiny them, little fellas tiny little fellas so uh, to have them uh, put them at risk uh, doing something extreme through his conditioning style um, it would be you know uh, devastating to his to his himself unless he's some sort of anarchist that we're not aware of but I don't think that's the case but that's a, another good point you raise you know he is he's got a great reputation as being one of the best strength and conditioning guys in the NRL the results of his work hinge heavily on a himself, but also on the livelihood of these younger players and and the older players as well. Well, all the players, the livelihood that they have, what they do, the job that they love, like we're talking about with Slade, you know, the thing that they love the most hinges a lot on what he's doing and the work that he does with them. So I don't think he would take that lightly. No. I think that would be a responsibility that he would say, yes, this this means everything to these guys and I need to do my absolute best to keep them if you know as close to peak physical condition as I possibly can yeah. so it's a bit hard to to deduce whether or not it is a problem with the strength and conditioning but at the same time I think it's pretty safe to say no because so much relies on the conditioning of these players it's, it's essentially the 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 groundwork of the club yeah. is based on whether we can get 17 players on the field every week. So you could say that he's in one of the absolute key roles and a guy like Ayuba, you know, a complete not a professional, a veteran, he's not taking that lightly. So yeah. and it, I, I think it's e not easy, but I don't think... To make that call, it's e it's easy to say as a spectator, but it, you know you got to remember also Tony's also one of the, the first people out there during a serious injury, and if you saw how distressed uh, Slade Griffin was uh, right after that he blew his knee out, and and Tony being the first player up there and seeing looking to his eyes, you know you can just say that like he's trying, he's absolutely like, that would be his worst nightmare, uh, you know building these guys up to to uh, you know a weight and a standard and a strength that he thinks this is going this is going to be perfect and seeing a player absolutely torn in half. Um, and being with them, you know, right there to, to walk through the injury and say, mate, you've just blown your knee out. is something that I'm sure that gives, you know, he takes to his pillow every night, as do we. And you uh, can tell that it hurt him as well. Walking up the tunnel, you know, there was multiple reports of 
Tony walking past the bench and just kind of cursing to himself. Oh, fuck this. Fuck, what's going on? Why mm. is this happening? You know, clearly that frustrated him, understandably. And, yeah. you know, that this means a lot to him as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just like he's there to say, all right, boys, 15 push-ups, then we'll do some laps. This, yeah. this is his livelihood, something he's better at than most. And I assume he takes a lot of heart out of it. Yeah. You know, he puts a lot of himself into it. And, you know, so I think while we can... We can speculate. We we can can speculate. We can do what we want. But I think, you know, knowing what it means to a guy like that, I, I don't think we should put any fault there. Yeah, unless we can. Once (laughs) I don't know, maybe they'll do a white paper, and he's terrible. But from what we know about Tony Ayub, he's one of the absolute best. Yeah, he truly is. You know, I think to to put it on that is just kind of an easy way to say, oh, we're going through a tough time. Blame needs to be placed. Sometimes blame doesn't need to be placed, and we just say. Well, we're kind of fucked right now. Now, we're going into a buy, uh, as you reminded me, because I was just keen to get back into the Parramatta game. God, I hope we get those two points. <laughs> we're going into the buy. It's a good chance to rest. We'll be back with Pierce, possibly back with Safidi, back with Ross. It's going to be a very different side. Uh, and it's but also, not too different. No, no, We don't no. want too different. But also, we're coming back uh, at, at home at McDonald Jones Stadium. So, uh, it's going to be an exciting game uh, to, to get down there and watch. And I know I'll be there again because I just can't help myself. And I'll be there again if this illness doesn't change. <laughs> well, if you are back here next week Liam it would be a pleasure to talk footy with you once again thank you very much for joining us Jousters we'll see you all next week remember to check Facebook YouTube and all the rest uh, all the pipe pipe pipes uh, to <laughs> follow the Joust uh, because that's the only way you can watch and listen to us unless you're here with us also let us know what you think about pipe pipe pipes pipe pipe pipes that's our new saying thank you very much Liam we'll see you next week a pleasure